Good afternoon. Welcome to Screen Cleaning. My name is Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And we are here each and every week on Screen Cleaning to give you the very best in entertainment. We like to shine a spotlight on all that is good. We ignore all the stuff that is bad, you know, the gossip and... You know, the really depressing stuff. The normal entertainment newsy kind of stuff. We're a different kind of entertainment news. Right. Which is a little ironic because one of my favorite things to see as I watch my Dodger games is to see Mary Hart of Entertainment Tonight with her home home plate seats right there. You can see her. And it it just brings a smile to your face. And hopefully that music does too because it does kind of remind me of an Entertainment Tonight type show. That's the goal. That's the whole point. But uh, it's that, but but good. Yes. Right. <laughs> and one of the ways we like to shine a spotlight on the good in entertainment is we like to give you the very best in entertainment news over the past week. And, man, there has been a lot of news coming out. And we're excited to share it with you. There usually is. Right. So this one is probably the funniest of the bits of news that we have. And we talk, we've talk. we talked a lot about Breaking Bad. There's a Breaking Bad movie coming out on it's Netflix. One of Jeff's favorite television shows. <laughs> but uh, if you go online and you just Google Walter White lookalike, uh-huh. this is just a crazy story because there's this guy who has a mugshot and – Oddly enough, he does look exactly like Walter White. And the crazy thing about this story is that he's wanted by the police in a meth possession case. Womp womp. So not only does he look like Walter White, but uh, yeah, same occupation, I guess. (laughs) But gosh, Cole, I mean, have you seen this picture? He really does look a lot like Walter White. Maybe he did it on purpose, you think? It's it's been long enough, Jeff. Of all the excuses you've had to bring up Breaking Bad on the show, this is probably the biggest stretch. Oh come we've on! We've been we've been tr- looking forward come, to this come. Breaking Bad movie. You love Better Call Saul, um, but this is this is a little bit of a all right a reach well, for then, Breaking Bad news. Then let's talk about good news surrounding one of your favorite TV shows, The Office. Much better. Yeah. Okay. So you may not have known that Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam, and Angela Kinsey, who plays Angela, Angela uh, you may not have known that they're actually quite chummy in real life. They they say that they're best friends, nice. in fact. And uh, they are going to be teaming up for The Office podcast. Okay. So it's going to be a lot of the behind the scenes type stuff, but then a lot of stuff that has to do with them like, oh, we love to shop at Target. So a lot of stuff that has to do with their friendship. Is this one of those where they watch an episode and then they talk about what went into that episode every single week? And I don't I don't know if it's going to be that like Watch along with Pam and Angela. It may just be stories from behind the scenes, but not necessarily an episode breakdown, okay. you know? But for people who can't get enough of The Office, even though it's not on the air anymore and soon won't be on Netflix, oh, then uh, check so. out The Office podcast. And speaking of Netflix, well, not really Netflix, but another streaming service. Streaming news. For which we finally have details. And Cole, when I saw this, I was so excited because you you can't read the news about Apple TV Plus and not think, boy, they're just trying to outdo Disney Plus because... But without any of Disney's stuff. Right, because uh, uh, Disney Plus will come out November 12th. 
and Apple TV Plus will come out November 1st. So yeah, we're sticking it to you, Disney Plus. Disney Plus will charge $6.99 for their service, and Apple TV Plus will charge $4.99 for their service. Yes! Way to go again. And the reason, uh, well, the reason maybe, at first I was super excited about it, but then I thought, you know, they won't have nearly as much content as Disney Plus will. But listen to this. Okay. There's an extra added bonus to this $4.99 deal. Do I get a free Apple iPhone 11 with like three cameras on the back and all that other new stuff that's been coming out? No, but if you buy one of those new Apple products, <laughs> they're going to give you a free year of Apple TV+. Yeah, sure. Plus. Okay. And they've also finally started coming out with some of the trailers. So we've we've seen the morning show one or whatever that's called. I think it's just called the morning show. The morning show. show. With uh, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. We've seen a trailer for the Joel Kinnaman what if the Russians beat Americans to the moon yes. drama? We've seen that trailer, but they've just released the Jason Momoa. What if nobody could see? And what if we finally gave birth to a baby that could see? What would that be like, Cole? We're going to get an idea. And guess what it's called? Bird Box. No, it's called C. Yeah. The letter C or S-E-E? At first I thought it was going to have some Aquaman tie-in, you know, like C-S-E-A. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Sorry if I'm not excited at all Cole. for what Apple is doing. Come on, Because Cole. they're not bringing any products that I already know. Familiarity breeds my dollars when it comes to these streaming services. I'm probably going to end up on NBC's app because they will have The Office, which I know and love. I will end up on Disney because they bring all those animated movies from the 90s that I know and love. Apple is coming at me with just all new things, and I just don't have the entertainment bandwidth right now to tackle really anything new unless it already is coming with what I already have. Cole, do you need a hug? There's just it's streaming. We well, take we, turns we, on we, which of us is mad about streaming well, this week, and we, this week it is me. But we started the segment so happy, and we 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 said that we were going to focus on the good news. Can I share with you a piece of news that it will act as a hug? Okay. Okay. Speaking of reboots, too. Oh boy, the CW <laughs> is doing a reboot of one of your favorite horror soap operas ever, Cole. Okay. Is there? Another horror soap opera? I mean, it better be Dark Shadows, It is Dark Shadows. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to tune in for that, Cole? Absolutely. Because also, (laughs) so Dark Shadows, for those that do not know, was a a horror soap opera is the way to do it. It's a soap opera with vampires and werewolves and witches, oh my. And it's available (laughs) on Amazon Prime if you want to go back and watch, like, all the old ones. Really? Uh, It is available? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. then once I get those old ones, then I can be interested in the new stuff. But the CW would be the only place I would trust <laughs> to stick something like this. <laughs> um, didn't don't they also do Riverdale? There where Riverdale is at. There's okay. where there were the DC television soap operas currently live. All of those different drama fueled teen angsty kind of television shows that I uh, hold so dear. All right, Cole. Is there anything else 
in reboot news that we should talk about. Absolutely. So It 2 is in theaters right now. And another Stephen King product is going to be coming to televisions or streaming near you soon with The Stand coming to CBS All Access. We got some casting news this week. Okay. Um, Bill Skarsgård is Pennywise, right? Yes. He's one of the many Skarsgård handsome brothers. And his older brother, Alexander, will be cast as the villain, the walking man, Randall Flagg, whatever you call him. He's got a face now, too. Is this the award-winning brother that's done, like, Big Little Lies and... I'm 50% sure it's the brother that was in Tarzan? <laughs> that's him. Okay. That's him. Yeah, okay. And then... We on... think. There's so many are... of them. They yeah. can be confused. But, <laughs> so the concept of The Stand, right, is it's a, it's a very good versus evil kind of thing. The Skarsgård will be the evil side, the head of the evil kind of people. Is this like a fili- a movie about filibustering? We'll, we'll get there. But okay. then Whoopi Goldberg, this is this is the fun news, okay. right? Whoopi Goldberg Wait, is the Whoopi? head. Whoopi? Whoopi Goldberg is the head of the kind of good side of The Stand. Really? Yes. Interesting. Which, okay. so the... The Stand is my favorite Stephen King book. It's another one of those real long doorstop kind of books that (laughs) peters out towards the end that it, too, had so much fun making fun of the fact that Stephen King can't write an ending. But this is one that I think was okay, and it's it's all in all my favorite Stephen King book, and I'm excited to see it come to a little bit longer of a format, right? Even the two parts of it, where the second part did clock in at almost three hours, still didn't seem like quite enough. Like, we could have gotten more okay. out of this long book. So going to a more TV format for The Stand, being able to tell all of the stories that lead up. This is a this more is time a story about the super flu that kind of starts taking out just 98% of the world's population. And that special 2% that's left, what they do with their lives Mm. and how good versus evil comes into play in that way. So you mentioned it's a doorstop book. Is that because the book is so long and heavy that it could keep your door propped open? That's what I call them. You know, what's funny about that is back when that book would have come out on audiobook format, it would have been on audio cassettes. And there probably so many of those that it could keep your door open, too. Yeah, this is <laughs> one of his longer ones. And that's saying something for Mr. Stephen King. Man, I have so many experiences going to the library, checking out Stephen King books and other books. And, you know, coming up in just a minute, Cole and I want to share some of our theater-going experiences, the good times that we've had, the not-so-good times that we've had, and maybe even some of the bizarre times that we've had at the theaters. This is Screen Cleaning. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. You know, you might think I'm weird for saying this, but... I think you're weird already, Jeff, but oh, continue. That's, that's okay, because I I gain a lot of... Weight when you go to the movie theater? <laughs> yes, and we will talk about that. But I also get a lot of joy when the lights are low, the credits are rolling. I look around the movie theater and realize, you know what? I'm the only person in here. For some reason, that is one of my peaceful experiences that I I look forward to. 
So sometimes it's fun to not see a movie right when it comes out, and sometimes it is fun to be in a theater that is jam packed full of people. And we'll talk about that too. Cole and I are just going to spend some time here on today's show talking about the movie theater experience, and, reminiscing about some right. of our favorite movies that we've seen. But more more than just the thing on the screen, what it was like to be there with people or without people, and and how the whole whole theater uh, factored into the time right. that we had going out. And sometimes that means even the experience of getting to the movie theater or getting those tickets to see the big show, right? There was a time when there was a service called Movie Phone where you could call up Movie Phone and you would hear this wonderful movie type voice saying, Hello, welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> if you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, Press one. Beep. And uh, it also reminds me of the great Seinfeld episode where Kramer accidentally, his number is associated with this type of movie service. (laughs) And so he just starts performing this service for people that call up and uh, ask for a movie time. If you know, and he says, if you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press one. And so George is the one that's making the call and he presses one. And Kramer obviously can't decipher what number was pressed. So he says, why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you'd like to see? (laughs) But it was so cool because you would hear trailers for these movies on this movie phone. I haven't haven't tried it lately. I don't know if it's still around. The very first radio station that I worked for, uh, you know, we're talking 10, 12 years ago now, we had a segment from Movie Phone that they would go on the radio and they would give us the information uh, like it was sponsored by Movie Phone and they would be the ones to give us a little bit of a trailer and give a little review (sighs) to say what movies are in your area right now. It was so fantastic. And there was a time when if you called up the movie theater to speak with an actual person, you couldn't. All you could get was the recording, right? And uh, and you'd have to sit through all the options. It's so much easier now, right, Cole? Just Google it, right? Right. Or I used to even look up showtimes in the newspaper. And some people don't even know what a newspaper is anymore. See, my story about that is our local drive-in was only open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And so if you would call during the week or not Friday, Saturday, or Sunday night, you'd get that recording that says, what's this week? But if you called Friday, like right before they opened, like right when the employees were getting there, yeah. you could say, hey, 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 just between you and me, what's going to be there next week? Because mm. they wouldn't tell it, like they wouldn't be part of the recording. And so then you would know if they were going to hold over that movie that you really wanted to see to be part of an even better double feature next week. And then you can wait this week, check it out next week. Or if they're both going away, then you got to go in um, right now. So you would uh, you would slip the guy a a five metaphorically or not metaphorically speaking but yeah <laughs> over the phone um, interesting and I want to talk about drive-ins here in a little bit but then okay you've decided you're going to go see a movie you've you've seen what time it is you get to the movie theater and lo and behold. It sold out. Do you remember the days of being totally shocked when you've made plans, you've 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 gotten the money from your piggy bank and you're going to go see a film and your countenance just completely falls when you realize it's sold out. You can't see it. Never had that experience, Jeff. Really? Grew up in a small town. The only time I have ever seen my movie theater sold out was when I would go to midnight showings. And Ah. when I would do that... 
I was smart enough to be at the front of the line, so uh, it'd be the people that were wrapped around the block that would get that sold-out notice, not me. Yeah. So I would go to the movies a lot at, it was called The Block, right? The Block of Orange. I think it's called The Shops at something or other now, but it was in Orange, California, and AMC had 30 screens. That is 28 more than my local movie theater, Jeff. (laughs) So not only were there a lot of people going, but there were likely multiple showings of the same movie that were sold out. Wow. Right? And I can just remember those conversations with friends, those awkward conversations of, well, now what are we going to do? You know, (laughs) you've planned your whole night on this and now you can't see it. We just don't have that experience anymore because with the exception of one local theater here – you can just you can book your tickets online. Some of the theaters even offer free booking, and you know exactly where you're sitting. You can show up after the trailers, which who's going to do that, right? Who's a Me. Grinch? What? Cole, you go there for the trailers. Although, you know what? That's another thing we ought to talk about because there was a day when you did not want to miss the trailers because that's where you saw them before the movie you were going to see, right? Right. But now... You go to the trailer or you go to the movie theater and there's zero surprises because everything that they're showing, you've seen online a dozen times already. It's the same ad that I got before the YouTube video I actually wanted to watch for the past two months. And I try to avoid, I'm I'm a movie purist. I would rather go into the movie knowing the least about it that I can so I can really get the full theater experience when I'm there watching it for the first time. And trailers ruin those big money moments for me so many times where they they take the funniest scenes if it's a comedy or they take the big action set piece if it's going to be an action and they slap it on the trailer to get everyone else to come in. And then it just makes that experience at the theater when you finally get there not as not as great. You touched upon something that I'm going to I'm going to hint at as I kind of morph into this other type of theater that. You don't really see too many of them anymore. They just, they kind of get driven out by these other bigger theaters. Driven out? Yes. No, not I'm not going there yet, Cole. Okay. But uh, this idea of the dollar theater. Oh, yeah. My dad, I remember going to the dollar theater for so many movies. And I would see several movies multiple times because it was a dollar. So who cares, right? And we had a dollar theater also in Orange, California, and I remember the day that I found out that it was being uh, it was being put out of business to make room for a Walmart parking lot. Oof. I was so disappointed because I had so many great memories made there, Cole. And speaking to this idea of going in blind, not knowing anything or as little as possible about a movie, I had a wonderful experience approaching a movie that way. Back before I lived in the state of Utah, I would visit from time to time, and I got a ride from somebody. I carpooled up here with somebody, and they just had to drop me off somewhere, So, I, and I didn't have anything to do. So I said, you know what? Drop me off at the Dollar Theater. I can kill a couple hours that way. And more than a couple hours because I saw a double feature. They didn't have a double feature, but I just paid to see a couple different movies. <laughs> the first movie I did know a little about, and I was extremely Disappointed, and uh, it was Mr. and Mrs. Smith with the then Hollywood it couple Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. right? 
Did not enjoy it at all. Way over the top. But uh, the next movie I went and saw, I knew nothing about. I didn't even know much about Michael Bay, who directed this film. Uh. And it is now my favorite Michael Bay movie, The Island. Yes. And I knew nothing about it. I didn't know that it starred Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson and that it was this kind of this otherworldly thriller about these people that were in this uh, community of people that who's, who's, uh, who had rations. You know, all their food was rationed. They had this, these exercise regimens. And they had to go where they were told to go and weren't really able to ask a lot of questions. But if they won this special lottery, they got to go to this place called The Island, which is their ticket out of this place where they don't even really want to be after a little while, right? But as the movie goes on, you realize it's it would be better to be in this community than One to go to twist. the island, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I just had some wonderful experiences going to the dollar theater. Dollar and, theaters were great. They they fell uh, to the same marketing problem as the five dollar foot long is when you name <laughs> your entire thing after how much it's. It is. After a while, inflation does set in. And when I would go to Dollar Theaters right before our local one here closed down, it was like 240 or something to go. But you're not going to change the name of it, Cole. But it's still and it was never even called a dollar theater. Everyone just referred to it as the dollar theater, even though it was now like the two dollar theater. Yeah, you don't you don't change it, Cole. You don't change. But even even for even for two bucks, it was still like a low enough investment that you just I didn't care. I love movies enough that I didn't care what I was going to go see. If I didn't know about it, I would just walk into a dollar theater if I had a couple hours to kill and just check out a movie. So speaking of discount movies, I think every every drive-in movie theater I've been to has had the double feature. But not only did the double feature, their ticket prices are lower than the regular theaters. Do you have any... Drive-in movie theater experiences, Cole? My movie experiences are mainly located at the drive-in from where I grew up. It was $5 to get in, and back before they made rules about bringing in... I mean, maybe they did have rules, and I was just too young to realize we were breaking them. <laughs> but we used to bring in our own food and our own concessions, as they were. You know, we would pack a lunch, pack a dinner to go and watch the movie. And my favorite part as a kid about the drive-in theater, was getting just before sun went down and playing football and playing Frisbee out in the giant field right in front of... Oh, you made a night of it. The theater, yeah. It was an event. It was. Oh, my goodness. And most most of the movies that I loved, most of my high school years, if I was going to the theaters, it was at the drive-in during the summertime. Okay. My issue with drive-in movie theaters, and don't get me wrong, I mean this is uh, this is a part of Americana to an extent that I, I want to take in a different direction here in just a minute. But uh, you've got to you can't start watching your movies until about nine thirty at night, and you get and two there are of two them. of them. It's tough. The older you get, the tougher it is. I, it's been years since I've been to a drive-in movie theater, but um, the I I do remember the movies that I saw there. And I can think of two different sets of, of double features that I remember enjoying. The first one was Fantastic Four was paired with Batman Begins. Didn't enjoy Fantastic Four all that much, but I think... We I saw didn't... both of those at drive-in. I'm not sure if they were paired together when I yeah. saw. I 
I mean, I would be at the drive-in almost yeah. every other weekend. I don't think we made it all the way through because I had already seen Batman Begins, and I went with my roommate, and he fell asleep. So we just went home. <laughs> um, the other one I saw, this was a really odd pairing, but I saw Undercover Brother with Minority Report. And both, both films good are movies. enjoyable <laughs> in their own right, right? And for some strange reason, I remember going to see The Nightmare Before Christmas when it came out at the drive-in movie theater with my sister. And, uh, yeah. When I was a little kid, drive-ins were my first excuse to stay up late, though, because I was there and and my parents were okay with me staying up past midnight because we were at the movies and we paid for it. A couple of the pairings that I remember specifically, probably the two... The ones I remember are the worst pairings I got just because when you go see two movies, it's the odds are low that they will both be terrible. But I think during the same summer, I saw The Green Lantern with the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Wow. And then later that summer, I saw Salt with poor Angelina okay. Jolie that we've made fun of. And <laughs> I didn't make fun of her. I just said I'm not a fan of her and work. And Prince of Persia, Sands of Time in the same night. Oh, my goodness. Two other not great movies. Okay. So back in the heyday of drive-in movie theaters, this was the place to go. This was the date of choice, especially when you wanted to snuggle up or cuddle with your date, your significant other. And now that we don't do that as much anymore, we have to rely on the darkness of our local movie theater, right? So I wanted us to spend some time talking about that aspect, that dynamic of going to the movie theater and having a completely different experience because your mind isn't just on the movie. Your mind is now on these games that you've got to play, these psychological games that require little to few to no words, right? Where you're thinking in your mind, okay, at what point of this movie do I reach my arm over and just snuggle with my date? Or, okay, this is date number such and such. This is the hand-holding date. At what point is it safe What body language should I wait for to read that, okay, I know that you want to hold hands with me too, and then you slowly inch your hand over to your significant other's hand? So many games you had to play Jeff's while you're watching the movie. Jeff's much more of a planner than I really? am in these kind of things. Okay. You, just, I just you let just it happen. It cool? Yeah. How does it just happen, Cole? <laughs> it, How does it or- happen organically? You got to first pick the right movie. Oh. So if I'm going t- you're on gonna, a date. You're going to go to a horror movie. I'm I know either you. going to a horror movie yeah. or I'm going to a rom-com. Okay. Right? And so there's always that moment, especially so in horrors, the first couple jump scares are just free ones. Right. But then when you get to that big scare about a third of the way through the movie, the first one where the villain is really there. Yeah. That's when they jump and that's when you can put your arms around there. Rom-coms have a similar moment, though, where about the third of the way through the movie, there's like the fake get-together, right? Yeah. You think things are going to work out, but you know you just have so much more movie to go that you know things are going to go downhill. And so early on in the movie, you can make that first move because it's a nice romantic movie moment on screen. You can translate that to what's going on right next to you in the seat. Okay. All right. Well, um... It obviously worked out for me in some way, shape, or form because I I got married, right? And I have kids. And um, but do you still go on date having, nights with your wife? To I the do, but I don't Good. play these psychological mind games anymore because 
I know at the end of the night she gets to go home with me and, you know, there will be some hand-holding, right? There you go. Um, however, on our third date, which in my mind is the kissing date, I do remember asking her, do you have any chapstick? So I wasn't even sly Jeff, about subtle, the kissing. Subtle as she a just, Michael Bay movie. She here. just laughed at me and she got me some chapstick and the rest is history. Anyway, I want to take a break here because when we come back, I want to talk about some of the interesting characters that we've run into at the movie theater. Uh, But we would be remiss in our duties in talking about movie theater experiences if we did not, uh, if we did not talk about food, food, and I'm already starting to get hungry, Cole. That's up next. Screen cleaning. Cole and I have the lights turned down low. I wish we had a bucket of popcorn in front of us because we're talking movie theater experiences. Some of the favorite experiences from our lifetimes. We talk about movies every week on the show, but this is the more nuanced approach. This is everything else that goes on to make that whole night a great one. Right. You know, and we've talked about experiences where we were alone in the movie theater, but I've also had an experience where... I might as well have been alone because it was so quiet in the movie theater. You could hear a pin drop. And oddly enough, not oddly enough, but fitting enough. Appropriately. It happened during my experience watching A Quiet Place. One of my favorite movie theater experiences. The movie itself was really, really good. And I've yet to go back and watch it a second time just at home on my laptop. Really? You haven't seen it again? I haven't because I hold so treasurely the experience I had going to see it in the theater because it's just such a unique experience in a sold out house where you know 50 to 100 people are all dead quiet so focused in on this on what's going on in front of us because there's always that one guy that's eating popcorn loudly just behind you and to the right or that lady that's making weird comments or going oh yeah off to the left but this one so Quiet for everyone to be in unison, in lockstep, enjoying what John Krasinski put in front of us. Right. And you could look around and tell that popcorn and candy had been purchased, but nobody was eating it because they didn't want to be that guy, that person that ruined it for everybody else. Right. And it really just made the other the jump scare parts of that movie so much more effective Because people were on the edge of their seats. People were not making a sound or taking a breath. And boy, oh boy, that's one of my favorite all-time movie theater experiences. That's what all horror movies try to get out of you. A Quiet Place succeeded. So, I mean, if if A Quiet Place is in my top five of movie theater experiences, I think Avatar is still number one. It, It came out in 2009, and I drove like three hours down to Pittsburgh just to see this in an IMAX screen as big as it could get. And I walked out thinking that movies would never be the same again. Like My goodness. When I saw this for the first time, I knew it was my favorite movie I'd ever seen because it just so overwhelmed me with everything that I could see. James Cameron built truly a whole different world than I'd ever seen before. And the story at the time I thought was pretty decent until I saw it on my buddy's TV a couple months later when it Ah. came out on DVD. And I still thought it was pretty good 
And then a couple months later, we watched it again as a little group. And I got like halfway through before I just got distracted with other things going on. And then about a month after that, we tried watching it again and I fell asleep. And honestly, I I wish I could go back to that night in 2009 where I was sitting in an IMAX theater experiencing Avatar. Yeah. Before I I got jaded and saw all the other flaws because it was truly an experience at the time that that fluffed up maybe a better movie than it was. That's why I think I'm afraid to go see Quiet Place again or even Avengers Endgame again, another Mm. movie that holds a place in my top three maybe favorite experiences because I'm not sure if it's going to be able to live up to what it was like sitting in a theater and getting it for the first time. You know... How frustrating is it? Let's say we've already talked about the frustrations of going to the movie theater and realizing that your movie is sold out. But what about you've gotten your ticket? You've made it. You're in your seat at the movie theater. And then halfway through, for some strange reason, the movie just shuts off. The I'm sorry. Come we're having back technical up. difficulties. Right. Has that ever happened to you, Cole? Nope. Really? Never. Oh, my goodness. It's happened to me on multiple occasions where, yeah, the screen was broken or um, I most recently I was supposed to go to the theater so that I could review Instant Family. And we got there and it was some strange thing where the movie theater, you know, everything's digital now. They they didn't have the codes to unlock the movie because it was like uh, the morning, the first morning that it was going to be out. century problems. Usually... There's a silver lining, however, in those technical difficulties because not only can you get your money back, but these movie theaters will give you free tickets to see other movies. They'll give you free concession (laughs) coupons. So it goes from a bad thing to it's an even better experience than you probably would have had. Especially with you trying to see Instant Family. Right. So for that one, one, they said not only – can you just go see whatever movie you want that's playing right now in the and movie theater? And I remember theater. that morning because you went to see Crimes of Grindelwald. Right. Uh-huh. Which, that movie's a crime. Um, <laughs> but I also got another free movie ticket, and I got all these free concessions that lasted me for a little while. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I could have used some free concessions last year when, over Thanksgiving, I ate a bunch of popcorn and hot dogs in lieu of a proper Thanksgiving dinner because I spent the day at the movie theater, uh, the big holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. They're the ones that kind of lend themselves to creating your own double or even triple feature at the movies. I'm the type of person that can remember... Uh, what movie I saw at what theater, what I was eating when I saw it. And we'll get to food here in just a minute. But I remember one Thanksgiving where we didn't see a double or a triple feature, but we did see three movies on three consecutive days. Ah. In no particular order, those movies, because I'm not that good, <laughs> those movies were The Addams Family, Beauty and the Beast, and My Girl. Ah. We're all out that Thanksgiving weekend and Man, as a kid, I was just so ecstatic that we got to go to the movies three days in a row. And, okay, so talk, speaking of movie theaters or movie theater experiences that are less than pleasurable, what about, have you ever seen a movie, Cole, that, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes into it, you're just not feeling it? Or, gosh, what you're seeing is just so offensive, so awful 
that you do not want to stick around for the rest of it. Has that ever happened to you, Cole? I've I've realized over my course of watching movies, which I've been doing now for 27 years, um, that I have pretty low standards when it comes to how <laughs> I'm spending my time watching a movie, whether it's at my house whether I just flicked it on on TNT or TBS or if I went to the theater, there are only maybe two or three movies that I've not finished and never at the theater. If I've paid for my ticket wow. and gone in, I'm not a walker-outer. You know, Cole, because if you walk out within the first 30 or 45 minutes, they'll give you your money back. Interesting. And I've heard that they may even give you your money back if you sat through the whole thing. But um, – I remember walking out of an Adam Sandler movie, You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Sure. Walked out of that. Um, it was one of the crudest movies, PG-13 movies I had seen at that point. Um, but then, most recently, I've walked out of a couple of movies with my daughter because I still have not learned my lesson that, you know what, my daughter's just not old enough to enjoy a couple of movies that are either PG-13 or that maybe are a little too scary for her. I remember seeing Goosebumps 2 and thinking, you know what? It'll be fine. This is this is not too bad. You did your parental due diligence right. when you went and saw it first, and right. then you took your kid. Yeah, I took her to see Goosebumps 2. We made it about 30 minutes in, and as my daughter saw Snappy, not Snappy, Slappy, Slappy the doll, sure. she couldn't handle it anymore, and I said, do you want to go? And she said, yeah. We got her money back. To this day, she still talks and is terrified about Slappy the Doll. And so I felt really bad. Another time, I took her to see Solo. That one is a PG-13 movie. I made an exception because I thought, oh, this one's not too bad. There's nothing scary. There's nothing right. startling. Some of the humor is a little crude for younger kids. But... She was a little startled, and I think the showtime may have been a little too late for her because she was laying down on me, Aww. and she said, I want to go home. <laughs> so we went home. She might be getting older to where that might not happen anymore because, you know, when you get to be seven or eight years old, you look for any excuse to stay up as late as you possibly can, right? I remember right? vividly. Yeah. Okay, now what about the people that we're surrounded by in the movie theater? Do you have any experiences where you thought, gosh, I could have done without sitting by that person? I, You know, I have kind of a sad one. Or have you ever been that person, Cole? Never. Ne okay, I am the I've, model movie theater audience. Both my phone is in my pocket. I don't make noise, except, and this is another reason why I think I love the drive-in so much. Okay. It's because it's more of kind of a community experience. You go with your friends, just a, a truck or a minivan full of kids go into the theater, and you can kind of make all the noise you want when you park in the back and you just have your lawn chairs set up and it, no one's around you enough to shush you, right? Yeah. But if I'm if I'm sitting in the theater, I make sure I'm a good whisperer. Okay. And I know what to do. Okay. But my, my kind of sad story is it was... Christmas Day and Christmas Day is kind of a big movie day and I went I went to a movie with my buddy and there was a guy that was sitting next to us that within the first 10 minutes was just dead asleep right oh no snored a little bit but like not enough to really bother me that much and then about an hour in he got up and left probably to the restroom or something but he didn't come back for like another half hour and then when he got back in like 5 minutes later he was asleep again I'm not sure if 
like I'm not sure what was going on in his life. Like if he's just sad and alone on Christmas and wants to spend it at the theater or but he definitely wasn't there to see all the money in the world, which is what was on the screen in front of us because he got maybe like 10 minutes cumulatively of that movie. Okay. Well, this is a little bit of a confession time because not only have I been to plenty of movies where I've been a little annoyed by people around me, but I've there there was a time in my life where maybe I was that person, you uh-huh. know. And so I remember going to see a movie with my brother and you should never see a movie with my brother because he'll make comments all throughout the movie. Which and, is perfectly fine at home on your couch. Right. Not but, in the theater. Right. But one time we were not the person we were not talking throughout the movie, but we were so distracted because I don't know if this was like a tick that this person had, if they had like Tourette's or some sort of condition that made them to make this noise. But we would be watching the movie and somebody would say something or do something in the movie. And then you would hear this person sitting next to us go like this. Hmm. Kind of like this contemplative. Hmm. Barely audible. Like the movie's just between them and the movie. But my brother and I couldn't concentrate on the movie because we were trying to stifle our laughter as this person throughout the movie just kept going, hmm. There's another time where I got shushed during a very uh, climactic moment of the film, uh, during the film, when a stranger calls and it was a packed dollar theater movie night. Yeah. And, uh, and I wasn't shushed. I was told to shut up. <laughs> but my comment did elicit some laughs in the theater. So at least Jeff just that. going for the yucks. Hey, right. Are you a movie theater clapper? There's some folks where, especially when you go on opening Mm -hmm. day, like when the first, especially in a Star Wars, like the title crawl starts, people start clapping or at the end when the credits roll. So you're you're a clapper? Um, Yes. At the end. I don't, not necessarily as much at the beginning because, you know, I like to cool my jets and give a movie a chance to see if it's going to live up to the hype, Live up to my clap. But yeah. Be worthy of my clapping. All right. Now, Cole, something that makes me clap and something... do we finally I'm get to talk about to food? Say, I'm sad to say, Cole, it's rare these days that I'm going to the movie theater because I'm excited to see the movie. It's usually because I'm excited to eat the concessions. The food. Here right? we go. I just want to rattle off really quickly my go-to movie theater snacks. Jeff's top 10 probably or 20 or 30 or 50 I, snacks. I like fidget and feel odd if I go to the movie theater and do not get movie theater popcorn. And uh, so movie theater popcorn, for sure, with extra butter is a go-to for me. I Small, love, medium, or large? Uh, or large, because you got to get the free refill, right? Okay. I love me some Milk Duds, Junior Mints, Red Vines, and Cherry Coke Zero, which I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to confess, Cole, Cherry Coke Zero, I've never found a movie theater that has Cherry Coke Zero at the theater. So I have to do a little thing that I might not be so proud of, but everybody does it, right, Cole? So it's okay? No, not everyone does it. I'm not a movie theater snacker, sneaker inner. So just imagine me walking into a movie theater with like a bulgy pocket or like a jacket draped over. I I try to be good and buy the concessions there. Um, Screen cleaning does not endorse illegal activities at the movie theaters. But uh, it's not uncommon. I mean, you've probably seen or heard me walking to the movie theater with like a, you know, like the pocket of junior mints. But here's the thing. 
Um, sometimes your favorite movie theater doesn't have the snack that you want, right? Sure. So you have to take measures into your own hands, maybe? I'm a big fan of the big theaters, the megaplexes around they here. They have amazing concessions. That have cons- they have meals for you, right? right. Beyond just the, the popcorn and the candy that you can get at any old theater, I love walking in with my own personal pan pizza from like the there in-house pizza hut that they're selling. I'm starting to do more of that, but I do have a couple of stories where things may have been brought in from outside, one of which was at Christmas we bought my father-in-law this giant tube of yard-long licorice, and these were individual vines that were a yard long. Wow. We wanted to take those into the movie theater, so we shoved them down my wife's pant leg, and she kind of hobbled into the movie theater and it worked. We got them in there and we draped a yard long licorice vine across three seats and we just enjoyed it. <laughs> and I'll always remember that, Cole. Interesting. Yeah. But I can remember, like I said, I can remember what I ate when I saw certain movies. I know that when I saw Father of the Bride in the movie theaters, I had Skittles. I know that when I saw uh, The Hunger Games, <laughs> I had a clamshell. Uh, to go carton of Panda Express, which is an, a pretty impressive feat. <laughs> You're if sneaking you think about... all kinds of stuff. I remember yeah. when you and I went and saw Escape Room earlier just this year, I had a blue slushie. And I remember because I still have the blue stain on a white shirt that I wore that day from spilling my blue slushie right as soon as the lights went down in the theater that day. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Cole. So many wonderful memories of going to the movie theaters, of getting there, of... Of all the crazy stuff that happens when you're in your seat and that distracts you from what's on the screen. But I still get a kick out of going. Unfortunately, like I said, what drives me to the movie theater these days isn't so much the movie. It's the food. It's all about the food, Cole. Which is funny because lately I've been trying to be better. I've been trying to limit my calories. and uh, But I, I'll always plan ahead so that forevermore I can enjoy a nice giant bucket of buttered popcorn. Ah, good times. Well, anyway, when we return, we're going to talk about another couple of movies that are certainly not new reviews, but they're, they're reviews of movies that are new to Cole and me on a newer segment on Screen Cleaning. That's up next. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. You know, there aren't really a lot of big movies coming out over the weekend. They're all pretty much rated R. There's a J-Lo exotic dancer movie caper thing that we don't want to talk Lady about. Lady Magic Mike is what I call it. Okay, there Hustlers. you go. Right. However, every once in a while, Cole and I will re- will visit, not even revisit, but we'll, we'll discover a film that's been on our queue on Netflix or YouTube TV for way too long. It's been long enough that people that are so into movies like us, it's about time we've seen these films, right? Huh. I've been, I've been meaning, meaning to, to watch, watch that. that. So last week we chose the films that we were going to be reviewing. And Cole, do you want to start? What was the film that you watched? 
This week I watched The Third Man, which is, it turns out, more of a film noir. In fact, it turns out it might be the film noir. I'm not sure how I thought that this was going to be more suspense or more horror than it was, but it it's a classic guy in a trench coat and a hat, very, very noir-y, solving a murder mystery of the mystery of who killed, turns out Orson Welles is the guy. It's known for having one of the greatest character introductions because you hear about Orson Welles' character for the whole first half of the movie, and then the light shines on his face, and he has that just very Orson Wellesy kind of smirk. Yeah, to tell you, I hey, that. I'm in the movie now, and then it's you know just a normal kind of mystery from there. But the mystery got solved. I I wasn't uh, as impressed as I thought I would be. Really, Cole. Because in doing some research for this film and my film that I'll be talking about here, I came across a list called, well, an organization called the British Film Institute. So I've heard of AFI. Okay. They have BFI. Is this like the AFI? And they have a list of the 100 greatest British films. And I can't really make sense of the list yet because there are, there's an, an American director on it, Stanley Kubrick, and there are a couple of Irish directors. And so, and Alfred Hitchcock's movies, only two of his movies are on there. But to be fair, he did go to America and do a lot of American films there, even though he's British. So it's not like it's a British director. But I looked at the criteria and they, they, they uh, polled a thousand people in the British uh, film and television industry. And they asked him what films are culturally British. Guess where the third man was on this list? Well, I kind of cheated because right after I watched this movie, I Googled it also. It's number one. Yeah. Does that surprise you? It really does. I mean, it is unique visually, and it's old enough that much like Citizen Kane, the the other Orson Welles movie... It's held up for being great because of the ground that it broke. Um, The Dutch angle, where instead of just looking straight on, you're kind of at an angle. Think the entirety of the first Thor movie. Um, That was kind of pioneered in this. The long shadows on the walls as people are running was pioneered in this that you kind of know from a lot of parody or satire afterwards. So it's, it's certainly culturally important. It doesn't mean it was that compelling of a movie. Oh, well, I, I can see that, Cole. I, I probably had a similar reaction to it. Now, number three on this list of of best, greatest British movies ever made is a film that many would consider to be one of the greatest films made, period. So I want to start off talking about Lawrence of Arabia by saying Lawrence of Arabia doesn't need my endorsement, Okay. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, the third man is going to do just fine in the eyes right. of critics without me giving it another hundred percent. Right. This is a film that Steven Spielberg has said was most influential on him in starting a career as a filmmaker. So plenty of well-known people have sung this movie's praises. So yeah, it doesn't need my, you know, striking endorsement or anything. But one thing I will say is this film is long. If you didn't know that, it is very, very long. And I was hooked from the beginning because there was a little notice that popped up as the movie was starting saying, David Lean always meant for this film to have its soundtrack heard in its entire, or heard 
with no visuals attached to them. So the first five, seven minutes or so, you just have a black screen with the soundtrack playing. Same thing, same thing during the intermission, same thing after the movie. And so I was hooked. I can appreciate taking time to honor the score, and it's a good score. However, the main theme of Lawrence of Arabia pops up about every five seconds. Da, 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 the third da, man is another one where it's the same line of music, and it's really well known because it's right. the only thing that's in the dang movie. Yeah, and to me, it doesn't really fit. Like it's a super Italian kind of sound that doesn't quite match the black and white ooh mystery that's going right. On. And don't get me wrong, I love epically long films, so it didn't, the length didn't necessarily bother me. It was kind of funny to watch this movie. And see all of the Caucasian actors that they were putting in this Arab garb. Now, to be fair, this was before a time when they used CGI or even knew what CGI was or could even fathom that, right? So when you were seeing hundreds or even a thousand people on screen, they had every single one of those people there in costume, But some of the main characters were played by non-Arab people or uh, even that descent or that could even be construed as an Arab. Anthony Quinn, a two-time Oscar winner, plays a very prominent role in this movie. He's Mexican-American and he has a Mexican accent in the movie and that's just how it is. Alec Guinness does a great job playing an Arab, but clearly not an Arab, right? Clearly a Jedi. Right. Um, This was a big role for Peter O'Toole, who this was his first big movie. He is one of those actors that would be on that list. And maybe we should do a show about it, about actors that have never won an Oscar. And it boggles your mind. Like Ian McKellen has never won an Oscar. Peter O'Toole has never won an Oscar. Amy Adams. Uh, Glenn Close has never won an Oscar. However, this is if it's an epic back from the 60s, you better believe it's going to either be nominated for or win a ton of Oscars, nominated for 10, won seven, best picture. David Lean, who directed this, had had directed Bridge on the River Kauai before this, five years before this. I actually prefer Bridge on the River Kauai, also with Alec Guinness. Interesting. And it's more of, it's, oh, there are such great characters in that. I could not really fall in love with the characters in this film, although it's interesting to see the arc of these characters, whereas Lawrence is kind of just this oddball character who kind of morphs into this egotist who then kind of is disgusted with who he's become. It is interesting to see characters that have those arcs and that make these drastic character changes. So I will give it that. Um, Again, I asked myself the question, is this a movie I would watch again? Probably, but not before I would watch Bridge on the River Kwai. All right. So there you have it. And as you know, as we wrap up every show, we like to do a little panning for good. There's good in them dire hills. (laughs) Cole, would it surprise you to know that my senior year of high school, I was the commissioner of assemblies? Nothing has surprised me less. Okay. Well, I prided myself on 
putting on these big productions that would wow everybody and get people cheering. We once dressed ourselves or taped all these Christmas tree lights all over ourselves and did these very robotic-like dances. But nothing that I did came even close to what this high school near Tucson, Arizona has been doing and been doing well for years now. They did this really big dancing routine for The Wizard of Oz, for the for Pixar, for Harry Potter. And now they are exploding on YouTube for this dance routine, the seven-minute epic dance routine they did with all of the Marvel's Avengers character. And I characters, we've got a bit of a clip of that, right, Cole? In Enter the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. This I'm is, not sure how well a dance routine is translating to radio, but this it's is, something to YouTube. Right. This is Walden Grove High School in uh, Sawarita, Arizona. Like I said, it's near Tucson, Arizona. They have been so impressive with these dance routines that they actually were on America's Got Talent in 2018. And uh, they were cut in the quarterfinals. But people are going crazy for this online. And we just want to highlight this because anytime students are putting that much effort into something that uplifts people and gets people excited, it's a good thing, Cole. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll have something just as inspiring and just as energetic next week. We're here each and every week on BYU Radio at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can download our podcast wherever podcasts are found. And uh, we're here each and every week, like I said, to give you the very best in entertainment. We'll see you next week.